Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we start by catching up and sharing some of our favourite discoveries from the past couple of weeks, and then we discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to right now, the sort of thing that a lot of people are probably thinking about, but aren't necessarily talking about. How have you been over the past week or so? What have you been up to? Not a lot, obviously, given the current situation, but amongst all of that... Yeah, God, it's like Groundhog Day listening to this start of every episode with us, isn't it? What have you been up to? Lockdown. Um, (laughs) I mean, it has been a crazy busy week, but the highlight has been today because we've had quite a lot of snow and I love the snow. It's the only time I vaguely like the cold weather and oh, it just makes me so excited. We went out for a walk in it and I think it's so much nicer as well when you're not in a city and it snows because it doesn't get as sludgy quickly. So I could actually go out and enjoy it, which was really nice. Um, And honestly, that's the highlight of my week, I think. (laughs) I really want some snow. I'm really hoping tonight we get a little bit for the weekend. Because we've not had any yet. None at all. None at all. We didn't even get like, you know, you get like the sleety flakes. We didn't even get any of that. And I would just love some to wake up. Like it was dusting everywhere. I think we've had it maybe four. I mean, we've had it a lot more than we usually would. I think we've had a good like covering that really settles I think four times now always surprises me that you like snow and that I like snow because we both hate being cold but there's just something about it isn't there really yeah it just looks so pretty I think it's more the novelty probably if I lived in the snow and if it was because the thing is when it snows in the UK it's not actually that cold is it it's usually a couple of degrees above zero it's not like we're in northern Canada where it's like minus 20 and it's 10 foot of snow. Um, I probably wouldn't be on board with that. but No, but also <laughs> when it snows here, there is mild chaos um, because no one knows what to do. But it, it lasts for like a couple of days and then we're back to normal. So I can kind of deal with that. I like yeah. the idea of snow. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea and how it looks probably more than spending too much time in it. <laughs> anyway how have you been what have you been up to this week not an awful lot but I have started doing bar classes again if anyone was listening back in May they'll probably remember me recommending Rod's bar classes um you can do them on his Instagram which I will leave linked below for anyone who wants to go and give it a go but I just love them there's a load of 15 minute ones on his IGTV and I've just been trying to do 15 minutes three times a week in the evenings when I finish work because it's not that much of a time commitment, but you just feel great afterwards because it's so upbeat and positive. And I found it has made the world of difference to how I feel at the end of the day, especially like working from home. It's dark by 4.30. Everyone's miserable because it's locked down. It's been a really nice way to end my day. I like that. That's a really good idea. I think I don't, I'm so hard to persuade to do anything like that in the evenings. I've been, I've actually, 
I say I've stuck to it. <laughs> we're, we're not even two weeks into the new year yet. But three mornings a week, I've been getting up to go in the gym before work. And that has made such a difference. I think it makes me feel more productive because I've done something before I work. And then I have then I have an excuse to do nothing after work. <laughs> that sounds yeah, really lazy. I feel, I feel like I need the cut off. Like if I have to get yeah. out of work, I have to leave my desk, get changed, put on different clothes, go to a different room and do something. It's like a really nice line drawn underneath it. And especially when it's dark in the morning. I don't, I don't really want to get out of bed when it's dark. <laughs> it is so much harder in the winter, definitely. I did that for years, commuting, going out in the dark for hours in the morning. So now this January, I'm not doing that. I just want to save it every second where I don't need to. <laughs> I was going to say, you should just enjoy it. You did it for so long. Yeah, I'm making the most of it this January. Um, but, you know, on the plus side, by the end of the month, it will still be light after 4.30. I saw someone tweet it the other day and I thought of you. Um, I did I was... actually look it up the other day. I looked at the sunrise and the sunset times and... Yeah, by the time we hit February, things are a little bit more optimistic, which is exciting. Oh, I, I do. I do love a light evening and a bright morning. It just makes life better. It's just so much easier to get up. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Do you want to share your recommendation for the week? Oh, I'm so excited to share this recommendation. I feel like you're going to love it. And when I was thinking about talking about it, I was having a little throwback to, do you remember when we used to, watch revenge on wednesdays at uni and we'd buy snacks and yes watch the latest episode oh, it's been giving me all of those feels um Ooh. so it's a show it's on amazon prime um it's called the bold type have you heard of it i have and i have watched one or two episodes but i watched them on a plane a couple of years ago oh so i heard about it recently um and I've basically binged almost all of the first season I say binge there's only 10 episodes in the season so it's very manageable they're half an hour episodes and I just love it's it's easy watching it's a combination of like a modern day up-to-date kind of Devil Wears Prada combined with Sex Mm. and the City combined with Gossip Girl like all of those good things and it basically follows three strong female characters who work at a magazine called Scarlet in New York City um Apparently, it's loosely based on Cosmopolitan, apparently. Um, But they cover a lot of topics which I feel like are so relevant to us and women in kind of this stage of their life, this day and age, kind of mid mid to late 20s. And although it's kind of glitz and glamour and there's that side of it and obviously it's New York, so it's all very high end it's also so relatable and it really really made me think of you guys and just us all really supporting each other and how like like celebrating each other's wins and so it basically starts it opens up with three characters one has just got promotion and she's got like a real case of imposter syndrome combined with a really intimidating new boss and then the second one is absolutely killing it in her career she's marketing um director um but she's also dealing with potentially having feelings for a new female friend. Um, and then the third um, the third, third woman is, she's been a fashion assistant for three years and she's feeling like she's stuck in a rut and like she's running out of time and she's too late and she should have done more by now. And that, I know we've kind of identified with that feeling before, like why aren't we CEOs by the time we're 37, 27 even? Um, 
but it's just really kind of relatable, identifiable. They're talking about female topics in a feminist way. And there's kind of that twist of it being a bit of a magazine, a bit like Cosmo, with those weird, weird articles that they have on weird topics. But it's just covering things like complex friendships, affording rent and living costs in an expensive city, learning about female bodies, uh, the impact of social media on mental health, like trolling, revenge porn. It covers all of these things. And I just think it's such a relevant show, but done in a really nice, enjoyable way. And I was looking at reviews of it and there was one on Medium, which literally described it perfectly. It says it shows powerful, realistic women working hard to better their own lives and the lives of women around them. I think that's Ooh. why I really, really like it. That just hits on the on the head perfectly. So I think I need to give it another go because, like I said, I watched it when I was on a plane a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Eh, yeah, this is fine. I might give a couple more episodes a go." Um, but then I just forgot to be perfectly honest, and I never did. But I feel like it had a real moment a couple of years ago when it launched, and it does sound like something that's really up my street. Yeah, it's really, really interesting, really good. And it's good kind of background watching. The episodes aren't too long, so it's nice and enjoyable. Oh, interesting. I'm going to give that a go. Um, What's your recommendation this week? Mine's a TV show as well. Um, So I don't know if you've seen this. It's Industry. It's on BBC iPlayer. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. So when I saw the trailer for it, um, it really piqued my interest. And... It follows a year in the life of five grads. It's fictional, but um, it's kind of, I imagine, based on somewhat truth. And um, it follows the life of five grads who have just fresh out of university and get a job at a bank called Pierpoint. And Pierpoint is a fictional bank, I believe. Really should have Googled that before. I'm I'm 99.9% sure this is not a real place. I've never heard of it, Um, so. It's... But it's kind of based on like the Merrill Lynch's and the Goldman Sachs and that those kinds of banks. Um, and it kind of just looks at the five different journeys these people go on and all the different things that they encounter um, with it. Like when you're trying to really prove yourself in a job and you really want to do well in a really high pressure situation. And what, one of the things I loved, and I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea, but none of the characters are very likable. Like, you don't have a favourite character in it. <laughs> and it, they, because they do such a good job of really showing, like, how flawed the people are, as well as, like, how redeeming they are. I think it's really well done. The music in it makes it, I think. They've done an amazing job on that. And if you, if when you were younger you watch Skins, it's kind of like Skins, but with more money and banking. Like, it's got that kind of, like, chaotic vibe to it. Okay. I did watch Skins when I was younger. I feel like that was a very distinctive period of my youth. <laughs> yeah, everyone wanted to be Effie. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that kind of, it, is, it isn't just growing up Skins, I think that does it a disservice, but it is that kind of um, almost like, like chaos, that kind of intensity um, and it's not a very long series. I think there's like six or seven episodes, but I would I would really recommend giving it a watch. It's the type of thing I've watched and I haven't stopped thinking about since, and I'm desperate to discuss it with someone. Oh, interesting! I'll have to give that a watch, especially if there's not if there's not that many. Then yeah, yeah, there aren't that many. I'd be fascinated to know what you think. Oh, I'm intrigued now. Okay, I might really, try this weekend. It really looks at that thing of like doing what the right thing is in different situations and how you manage like your own moral compass with your own goals and all all those kinds of things we love discussing it's 
So I, th- I think you'd really enjoy it. It's good to binge watch. That sounds good. I also have one more like semi-recommendation. This is something I heard about last week that I thought would be really good because I know that we've discussed a lot of stuff on Netflix previously, in particular Our Planet. Not Our Planet. What was it? The one that David Attenborough just did. A Life on Our Planet. That's the one I'm thinking of. (laughs) Um, And we were saying how it would be really great if that was made more accessible. Well, I didn't realise this, but Netflix actually have a free service but apparently they don't have a lot on there and it's very much netflix own originals but it's literally netflix.com forward slash watch dash free and you can watch stuff like our planet life on our planet um and stranger things so if you don't have a netflix subscription you can still access some of the content i just thought especially in lockdown at the moment really great thing to know about i did not know that i feel like that's game changing for a lot of people yeah, it's one. I was watching our dear friend Martin Lewis, and he said about, it and I was like, "Oh my god, I've got to tell people about this." Well, it's because they've been up in arms because Netflix is raising all the prices. Yeah. Ah, that is very useful to know. Yeah. So this week we wanted to talk about maintaining friendships as adults. Obviously, friendships change so much over time, and having friendships as adults is so different compared to when you're all together at university or at school and you're in a very similar situation in your life obviously as things change and everyone's growing and developing there's lots of there's lots of obstacles to overcome in maintaining those friendships and it can sometimes feel like a really tricky part of adult life to navigate that doesn't really get spoken about much so we just wanted to chat about our perspective on this and how we maintain and nurture those friendships as adults when obviously, I mean, things are very difficult now at the moment anyway in terms of COVID and being able to see people and spend time with people. But I think that makes the conversation more relevant now than ever to discuss maintaining those important friendships and relationships. It's a real step change, isn't it? When you go from kind of school or uni or those first years of working And then you're suddenly, you can all be in such different places, even though for a long time you felt like you were all ticking the same boxes. And I think as soon as everyone's lives start to go off in different directions, suddenly making sure that your friendships are still a priority for you, but also for them and giving them like the quality care that they need can seem really difficult. Yeah, I think it's such a learning curve because when you're at school or university it's so easy to bump into friends and have similar schedules and life almost makes it easy for you and suddenly you become an adult and all of a sudden all of those friends are in different places in the country potentially different places in the world and it's a real shift to kind of realize you're no longer going to bump into a friend at the pub or at the shops or just in the park down the road that that dynamic changes so much and I think Mm. it can feel really overwhelming to kind of navigate how to maintain that when you first reach that stage in your life. Yeah and then I think the other big moment particularly for me with like my friendships has been when my friends start doing completely different things to me which is obviously great like I, I I love that my friends are all very different to me but it means that we're all very very different points in our lives and 
for a long time, like I lived on my own. So I was completely flexible in whatever I wanted to do. Whereas my friends would be like, oh, I'm doing this with like my boyfriend tonight, or we're, we're, we've got this thing we need to do tonight. And I'd be like, oh, all right. And then, you know, now it's different again, because, you know, you have friends who might be have got married and have bought a house or have children and are kind of going through those big life changes but that's not where you are and I think if you can appreciate where someone else is in life and under try and understand at least what like how their day-to-day is different to yours and what are the things in their life that maybe they're struggling with like if they're a new parent or if they've got the stress of like having to try and renovate a place but they don't know how to renovate a house like who does um just trying to be really understanding of that is something I really appreciated from friends when they've tried to understand like my situations and I think it makes you a better friend as well. Yeah I was thinking about this before the episode because I was thinking oh is that me like the odd one out because I'm not engaged or married I've not bought a house I've not had a baby and I was just thinking about those big milestones but then I was thinking no because like even just in our friendship group I think about all of the highs and lows that I've gone through in adult life and that we have as well like long-term relation long distance relationships and work stress job loss like mental health um all of those different things it doesn't have to be buying a house or having a baby I think there's all of these different facets and different highs and lows in people's lives and they all have such a huge impact on just your ability to see friends and have that same relationship that you had at at uni or at school because it does change like let's be honest it does change it's not like when we all I mean we all lived in a house together for three years like of course it's changed and I think you get to this stage where you realize that having friends through those issues stages lows highs all of those having those friends even on the other end of the phone was more important to me than thinking oh but I can't see them or I can't do this I can't do that I think part of it is accepting that everyone's schedules are different and finding a way to balance those schedules and maybe that does mean having a phone call or sending a text or a funny meme part way through the week to let them know that you're thinking Mm -hmm. of them it's just figuring out ways to nurture that relationship in a different way that isn't always face-to-face yeah I completely agree I think as well, it's, I personally think it's great that we've all experienced a bit more. We're all doing different things and we've all got these, and we've got all of these different experiences because it means we can all bring more to the table and we can make Mm. those friendships kind of deeper and we can all have those more in-depth conversations about things because fewer things are off limits. And I think if you nurture the friendship, it can be so amazing because you know, we we have entirely different careers. Like our jobs are so different, but that means that you and I could learn so much from one another because we're experiencing things so differently and we're bringing different things to the table. And I love that. And I love that that now means that we can have those super in-depth conversations about like careers and like what it means for like work-life balance and success and all of those other things that come with that. Whereas I think a few years back, because our careers started relatively similarly, that might have felt really intimidating because you'd be like, oh God, like that's a big part of our lives and that's no longer something we have in common, but it doesn't have to be. You can make it what you want it to be. Yeah. Oh God, I totally agree. I don't think you need to be on really similar trajectories to 
be good friends with someone. I think that's part of part of the fun of having a friendship group, everyone doing such different things. And I think, I don't know, I'd been thinking about what I was like, uh, probably more so at school, but maybe a little bit at uni, I would never necessarily initiate um, plans or kind of be the first one to suggest or to organise something. I'd be more kind of, oh yeah, I'll do that, whatever, I'll go along with it, I'm happy to do whatever. I think that doesn't work as well anymore because everyone has those different schedules and different things going on. I almost feel like it's more important to be really direct and to be the person to initiate things because I don't think it's it's not that someone doesn't care or they're ignoring you or they're too busy for you I think that's the nature of adult friendships that so much is going on in all of our lives now that if you happen to be the one this week who initiates a conversation or says shall we have a phone call this weekend something like that I think learning to do that as an adult in a friendship is really important and it's probably something that I feel like I've had to learn after having left uni because it was so much easier then when you're all around each other and there wasn't really the pressure because you knew you'd see them tomorrow whereas now that's so so different. Yeah I firmly believe that with friendships you only get out what you put in and so you do have to make the effort and sometimes that effort might look like just being like hi hope you're okay I know I've been quiet recently, but things have been really busy or I've been like going through a rough patch, but just wanted to let you know I'm still here and I hope you're okay. It doesn't have to be a two hour Skype call and texting every single day. It it can literally just be, hi, I'm still here or even a voice note. We all know I'm a fan of a voice note. <laughs> um, but I do think it's just that little thing. So I am thinking of you or like sending a card or like you said, just sending like a meme or something like that all those little bits add up and it shows someone you care and it's that it you don't just reach a point where suddenly your friendship is done and it's secured and it's locked in for the rest of life I really don't think that ever happens and you have to move with it and you have to mold yourself and change with it as your lives are changing if you want it to work and you have to make sure you're making one another a priority yeah because I feel like that's the thing with adult friendships it's made me and I know we've spoken about this before but it's made me realize that the quality of those friendships is far more valuable than the quantity and whereas I thought having a really big group of friends was really important when I was younger now I'd rather have a smaller group of really good friends than a huge group of lukewarm ones if that makes Mm -hmm. sense but then that does come with like you said the responsibility to both be accountable and both prioritize that friendship and it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to be hours of phone calls a week because we are all busy we are all doing different things in our lives and it can just be those little things like god we're we are literally the queen of sending cards to each other for (laughs) various occasions and I absolutely love that like I love sending them I love receiving them I think it's so thoughtful to receive a card because I don't know maybe it's because everything's digital now and maybe that's the I don't know older part of me (laughs) but do you know what I mean it's those things which are just such thoughtful gestures and it's not it's not taken hours and it's not 
it's not something that should be a drain on you or strenuous on you. That's not what an adult friendship is about. It's just about enjoying those relationships that you have and really nurturing them on both sides. It's almost like saying, I know I'm really busy and I know you're really busy, but I thought of you. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're, this this will sound like a crazy concept right now, but bear with Like if you're popping over to see your friend and you're, you're at the train station or you go past a petrol station, like whenever I'd see you around Easter, I'd always bring you a cream egg or a packet of mini eggs or <laughs> daffodils because I know you love those things and it's not expensive. It's nothing fancy, but it's just like, oh, hell's it like that. Yeah, and it's exactly. those things. because I think when you're so busy, making time for the little things kind of subliminally also says, I'm also here for the big things. Like if you are having a shit day and you just need to cry to someone, call me. It will be all right. Yeah. And I think that's so important because because everyone has these big things going on in their lives and it's easy to it's easy to go days weeks some people maybe even months without talking to certain friends and sometimes that can get sometimes that can feel a bit like loneliness especially because everyone is moving on these different trajectories of having children buying houses and I think you're no longer in that forced routine or timeline when you're all moving at the same pace at uni and I think it's easy to feel alone but those little gestures that you're talking about they they show that you're not and it's such a simple gesture, the same as sending a meme or sending a text or calling someone on your five minute walk home from the train station or from work or whatever. I think those little gestures kind of break that that feeling of, I almost feel like it is getting inside your head when you sometimes say, oh God, everyone's everyone's being really good friends and they don't want to talk to me, they don't want to spend time with me and now I feel lonely. I I think it goes back to that you have to initiate that conversation you have to initiate that kind of first step and it's not always going to be you initiating it either or it shouldn't be anyway yeah I think if it is always you and you're not getting anything back from a friendship then that's an entirely different conversation isn't it about whether or not it's time to kind of walk away from that and I know we've spoken about that before and there are other episodes that we've done on friendship breakups and dealing with that dynamic because that's really tough and that's essentially another added pressure that you face in adult life that's that makes friendship harder um but there is so much so many great things that can come from making a little bit of effort and I think it's it's an attitude change isn't it and going okay we're all at different points we're doing different things but the friends I've got now I want for the long haul (laughs) to put Mm. it bluntly um but knowing that it's like any relationship, like it's like a romantic relationship. You wouldn't expect it to just deal with itself and tick along without putting in any effort or being thoughtful or anything like that with the other person. So I think it is about taking those little moments and going, I I want to make sure this person knows that regardless of whatever else is going on, I value this friendship and I want them to know that I want to keep nurturing it. Yeah, I think that communication is so important, whether it is just in terms of maintaining the friendship or even if there's been some sort of misunderstanding or miscommunication. When you're an adult, you just need to talk about it. I I feel like you'll get this especially, but also just any women from when they were at school. I mean, we both Mm -hmm. went to girls' school 
levels. And there is such an environment of just gossipy bitchiness. And if there's a problem, it's never discussed face to face. It's spoken about behind backs and it ruins friendships. And those those days are behind us. We're not 14 year old girls anymore. Like adult friendships, if there's something that matter to you, then you need to you need to talk and you need to communicate, whether that is just about day to day normal things or whether that is an issue that you need to discuss like you said it's like a romantic relationship you can't just bury your head in the sand and wait for it to go away or wait for it to resolve itself I honestly think one of my favorite things about being older in a friendship not as in older than the other person but like just being a bit older is that honesty and the fact that if if I piss someone off they can tell me and and if they say something that upsets me or doesn't land right, I can be honest with them, be like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that or actually that upset me. And I have friends where that's exactly our dynamic of like, I'll say something and they'll be like, uh, sure, really? And it means that we have better friendships because you're, you're just not letting all those things linger in the air. And I remember like watching friends as a kid and being like, God, they're so blunt with each other. Like, how can you be that blunt with your friends? And I feel like it is something that comes with confidence and making sure that you know your friendships on such solid like foundations that if you call someone out for something, your relationship can take it and you can move on from it and you can go, okay, I won't do that to that person again or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think also calling out yourself. I've literally done it so many times in the past few days, but this week has been madness and I've not. I've been rubbish at replying to people's messages. I, I'll freely admit that. And I messaged those people back and I was like, I'm really sorry, I've been crap this week at replying to you. Like, then I have a proper conversation with them. Like, I hold my hands up, had a busy week, but also that friendship's a priority to me. And I want to show that to them. I don't want them to just think, ah, she's ignoring me for a whole week. Like, that's not how I want my friends to think of me. And I'd rather go in there and clear the air, air about that than just carry on as if that's a completely normal way to behave. Yeah, it's a two-way street, isn't it? Because if I text you and I don't get a response, it's me going, okay, chances are I've not really upset Helly for asking her how her day's been. Chances are she's really busy and respecting that. But at the same time, you then making the effort to come back at a later date. And I think that it's that two-way street because if you give it, you get it back, hopefully. If you don't, then reevaluate. But <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah, I think it's just having that accountability both ways in a friendship, isn't it? For sure. You all know that we love talking about friendship and everything that comes alongside that. So we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. And if you have, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. It makes a huge difference to us and we're eternally grateful. And of course, please do get in touch with us, whether you have any questions, any topic suggestions or any recommendations that you want to share. You can get in touch with us uh, via email, which is growthinprogresspod at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our Instagram page, which is at Growth in Progress Pod. And we just love to share lots of positive, upbeat things over there. So if you're having a bit of a grey day, do head over there and have a look at some of our things. And in the meantime, we hope you have a wonderful week. Stay safe, stay well, and we will see you again the same time next week. Bye. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.